Well, I'm told that some churches don't even have services on the Sunday after Christmas. They've been so busy, they're so worn out, they're so tired from worshiping God, I'm being facetious here, that they cancel services on the 29th. Now, I feel bad for those pastors who do not get to preach on the 29th, because this is one of the best days to preach on, actually. Truth be told, if people show up the Sunday after all the Christmas and Christmas Eve services, all that has gone on, then the preacher knows you guys want it. Does anybody here want it? I, I, knew, I knew you would. I mean, I could come up here, I could be like, today I'll be reading from the Hebrew, and you'd be like, oh good, that's what I normally do my devotions from. I mean, like, like if you're here, like the Sunday after Christmas, I know you love the Lord, you want more of the Lord, you are ready for some worship. So it just, it, it just makes my job that much easier. So I always get excited, actually, preaching this Sunday. And what I'm going to talk to you today I'm trying to get you excited about is being positioned for promise. Somebody say positioned for promise. All right. I mean, I knew I'd even getting participation right off the top here is awesome. You guys are congratulations. You all are positioned for the promise. You are positioning yourselves for the promise of Christmas and to live into the promise in the coming new year. What I want to talk to you today is about how we can live our lives in the example of a man named Simeon and a woman named Anna, in the example of the family of Jesus, Mary and Joseph, of course, uh, and, and how they were waiting, they were watching, and they positioned themselves to receive and live into the promise of God. So, we're going to go to the Bible now, we're going to read an extended text, we're going to break this down. One of the shame is that if, you know, you aren't here the Sunday after Christmas, you maybe don't know these characters, you never heard about them. Um, I could preach on these guys the Sunday after Christmas every year, because this story is just chock full of insight, wisdom, and beauty. And here we go, we're going to pick up Luke chapter 2, verse 21. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now you all know where that line from the 12 days of Christmas comes from. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign God, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and glory 
to your people, Israel. If you were here on Christmas Eve, we wrapped that service around that line from that song I shared with you, like a stone on the surface of a still river, driving the ripples on forever. Redemption rips through the surface of time in the cry of a tiny babe. Simeon is here celebrating that ripple, that cry of redemption, now beginning to work its way through all, to all nations, all the way to us. So beautiful. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary's mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. No, you gotta love how the, how the Bible just doesn't soft-pedal it sometimes. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. We spend so much of our lives actually waiting I did some research, quick Google search. We spend, how long do you think we spend waiting at traffic lights during the course of our lifetime? Shout out a number if you think you know. Three years. Three years. Okay, not quite that. <laughs> now you have a long commute to work. We, we average spend six months of our lives waiting at traffic lights. And if you combine waiting in lines, waiting for things to load up now, is like they're like buffering online and stuff, people spend five years of their lives waiting. Five years of our lives waiting. That is nothing compared to the waiting of Israel. They had been waiting 400 years. There had been this 400 year silence between the revelations that we have of the Old Testament and the birth of Jesus. But that silence was broken at some point in the life of Simeon when he received a promise we think back to those promises that people were positioned for, waiting for, watching for. Zechariah gets the first taste that the science is going to be broken when the angel appears to him and says that he is going to have a son. Even in his old age, he and his wife are going to have a son, and that son would be John, John the baptizer, the cousin of Jesus who would prepare the way for Jesus. The, the silence is broken a little bit louder when the angel appears to Mary and promises her that she will conceive and give birth to a child. The child will be the Son of God, our Savior, our Redeemer, Jesus. At some point also that silence is broken. When this guy, Simeon, gets this word that he's not going to die before he gets to see the fulfillment of the promise, the blessing that would be the salvation of God. And that salvation would be Jesus Christ. The story begins then on the eighth day whenever Jesus is brought to be circumcised and named. We won't get into too many details about that. I think Luke, the physician, just has to give us some of the gory details of all that is happening and the rites of passage for this child. But January 1st is a big deal for some people. January 1st, of course, is New Year's Day, right? 
Eight days after Christmas, eight days after Christmas, we celebrate New Year's Eve by the calendar, and that's always a big deal. It's a big deal in our family, particularly because New Year's Day is also the birthday of my daughter, Eden, who you've all been praying for for her shoulder surgery. Thank you so much for that. Somebody else? It's yours? Another New Year's baby. That's awesome. We got two New Year's babies, but you weren't the Millennium baby. My daughter is the Millennium baby. So she is world famous, by the way. So, um, so, so, so uh, in, fact, in fact, when she was, in fact, she was supposed to be, I'll tell this story now because I'm already going off script here. She was supposed to be born like before Christmas and then it didn't happen Christmas Eve. It didn't happen. So we go all the way. So my, we called up my grandmother and we told her, hey, you know, you know, finally had our baby, you know, a little girl. And my grandmother's name was Mildred, and we said, and because she was born on the first day of this new millennium, we're going to name her Mildred like you and call her Millie. And she said to me, George, if you name that baby Mildred, I will never forgive you. I hate my, she said, I hated my name from day one. I've loathed my name. She always hated that name, so we named her Eden instead. So anyways, so naming. Now, if you are a part of or were a part of a very orthodox liturgical church, January 1st, the biggest reason January 1st is a big day, an important day, is because it is the day we learn that Jesus is formally and officially named. He is named. And he is given the name that the angel revealed to Mary, confirmed with Joseph. He is given the name Jesus, which means, of course, the Lord saves. His mission, his mandate, the calling of his life was set forth with him in his naming. It has been said, and it's been reflected upon often at the Christmas season, uh, that what we needed most was a Savior, and that is what God sent us at Christmas, a Savior. If we needed entertainment, he would have sent us a comedian, a singer, a songwriter, a dancer. If we needed more insight, he would have sent us a, a researcher. If we needed uh, restructuring, he would have sent us a, a, a social engineer. And yes, all of these things are important, but what we need most, what humanity, what you and I, what all of us need more than anything else is a savior. And that is the promised gift of Christmas, a savior. We long for a lot of things in the Christmas season. And the Christmas season, as we know, bling, brings upon us and upon many um, actually a darkness, a cloud, hardship. Many people struggle so much during the Christmas and the holiday season. It, it brings to mind a lot of pain, a lot of loss. Uh, a lot of dark memories for a lot of folks. But I think for a lot of people, a lot of the pain and the Christmas blues uh, comes about simply because they put their hopes, they put their longing onto things that, well, they just aren't promised. And they just don't provide what we long for. We think if we get the new boots that we're going to finally be happy, and then the boots end up wearing out and the sole falls off one day and we're left barefoot in the snow once again. You know, the, the, the flannel, sorry, so I'll buy you new boots, David. So, you know, you know we, we, we think this shirt, you know, is going to be like the best shirt ever and, you know, give it six months and it's out of style just like this shirt I've been wearing for probably 10 Christmases. I, 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 the things that we think are going to mean so much and fulfill the deepest longings of our heart so often fall short, which is simply then the encouragement to make sure all of our 
longing is focused on the one thing that is promised, the one thing that never falls short on the Savior, on Jesus. May Christmas always be a time where our longings become wrapped up in the promise of Jesus Christ. And may January 1st not just be a celebration of the new year, not just a celebration of my daughter's birthday, but may January 1st be that reminder, his name is Jesus. And as I step into this new year, I have what I need most. I have a Savior. I have a Savior. I have salvation, life now and forever in Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Well, that's just the first part of the story. That's just the first verse. We're going to be here at least three hours. No, I'll speed up for it. So that's right. I knew. I told you. I was a pandering earlier to say I know you're, you're in for it. Well, well, well. Anyway, so that's just the first verse. They move then into, so, that's the, so that is whenever he comes to be named and to be circumcised. And then the story picks up what would be about 40 days after, February 2nd on our calendar. But we're going to continue with the story because then they're going to travel to Jerusalem for the consecration of Jesus Christ. I mean, if anybody sort of w- would have been given a kind of this pass to just call it in as parents, you know, you'd think it was going to be Mary and Joseph. Like, this is, I mean, we're raising the Son of God. I mean, like, we have this dispensation of grace that will, like, cover anything and everything now. You know, you think if anybody would just sort of coast, it might be Mary and Joseph raising the Son of God to, like, you know, like, let's worship. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, you know, like, like, but what you have to love here is they are going to live into well, the tradition that Jesus is born into and is fulfilling the tradition of the law that he is not rejecting or doing away with, but fulfilling and moving forward from. And they're just, they're raising, you just got to love how they're raising Jesus the way that they feel called, commissioned, empowered to do. And so they're doing it w- w- with such dedication and devotion. And so they bring Jesus to be consecrated to the Lord and then to actually offer sacrifices for her purification and for the forgiveness of sin. So three things are happening now immediately that I'm going to kind of speak to parents, but this would apply to to, to all of us. Three three things that I see them doing as I reflect upon the story this past year. One, they're very intentional about the naming of their child. And the name points again to the mission. And I think for all of us that have children, the naming is probably a a big deal. We talked about it, we prayed about it, we read books, we had lists. If we're expecting that still in our age and stage in life, the naming, the name we give our child can speak forth promises about God over their life. They take the naming very seriously. Then they take this consecration very seriously. They're dedicating their child to God. I think it's very important, very, very, very symbolic, very meaningful to make sure that we dedicate we surrender, we give our children to God. And then the fascinating thing here is that, in a sense, with offering these sacrifices, then they're buying Jesus back. There's a sort of this beautiful arc, then, that we see that they're naming this child with this mission that he's going to fulfill. They're surrendering this child to God and consecrating, dedicating the child to God. And then they're offering these sacrifices, in a sense, buying Jesus back, saying, now now we are charged with raising this child on behalf of God to whom he belongs. If that would only be the trajectory, the aim, the desire of all of us as parents, 
that we would give and then, in a sense, buy back, take on loan from God the children that he has given us so that we would raise them on behalf of his calling over their lives. So I see this beautiful arc, this beautiful trajectory of them dedicating, buying back, naming Jesus our Savior. Well, in the midst of all this happened, in the midst of their faithfulness now to God and their call to raise Jesus now, something happens. And here's where the story gets interesting. In the midst of all this happening, this guy sort of enters into the scene, and his name is Simeon. And here's what we know about Simeon. Not much. <laughs> what we know about Simeon is that he's not named as a prophet. He's not named as a priest. He's certainly not a king. What we know is that he is righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit is upon him. He's righteous and devout, and the Holy Spirit is upon him. And you know why I love that so much right now? Because I wasn't born a prophet that I know of in a special class. I wasn't born a priest, another category of living. I certainly have no royalty in my bloodline, but I can seek to live a righteous and devout life. And so can you. And I certainly have the gift of the Holy Spirit available to me to call upon, to ask for, and to receive. And so do you. All of us can seek to live a righteous and devout life and invite the Holy Spirit to come upon to us and to reveal to us the things that He would want to lead us into. And so much has been revealed already for us. So much for us has been revealed on how we might live a righteous and a devout life. If we had nothing else, we already know that we can move forward in mission in this new year with our Savior with so much confidence. We know that we can go and share the good news that was shared with the shepherds on that first Christmas day that for us a child has been born, a Savior has been given, He is Christ the Lord, His name is now declared Jesus our Savior. We can go with confidence, righteously and devoutly, to share the good news with all the nations, all peoples, all for all time. We know we can go out and that the gospel will not go void. But when we faithfully share and proclaim and live into this gospel, that seeds will be planted, that plants will grow, and fruit will ripen and be harvested for God's kingdom. We know we can go and do that with righteousness and devotion and with the power of the Spirit leading us. Amen? Amen. We can do all of this. We know we can rely on the church, invest in the church, build into the church, be a part of the church, because we know that the church is the one enduring institution of all of time, because it is that will become the fulfillment of the kingdom of God when Christ returns. We know we can have confidence in being the body of Christ and his gathering, his ecclesia, his church. We know, I know I can devote myself fully to my marriage, to my wife Robin, because I am told by Scripture to 
sacrifice my life, to surrender my life, to give my life as Christ gave his life for the church and love my wife wholeheartedly. I know I can give myself completely to my children, knowing that they are a gift from God that I've given to him, that are on loan to me now, and that I can invest fully my entire life in them as I am called to do. We have so much that has been revealed to us already, and I want for all of us to live into these things that are clearly laid out and available and God is calling us to do. But beyond that, my friends, we may get a special experience of the Holy Spirit to reveal to us unique callings, unique directions, unique insights. Just as Simeon got this wonderful blessed assurance from the Holy Spirit, you will not die, my friend. You will not die, my righteous and devoted one, until you see the one that has been promised. And so, Simeon devotes himself and lives righteously this life. And it says then, and, 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 and here's, what, here's what's going to happen. He, he takes this child in his arms, and he lifts him up, and he says, you know, this light of revelation for the Gentiles, and glory to your people, uh, Israel. And then he, he kind of goes off on this riff, which we'll come back to if I have time, but then another person enters the scene. I want to jump to this because so often, and you know, I've preached this story in the past. It's like by the time I get to Anna, it's like, <laughs> like there's no more time left. So let me jump into Anna's story right now. Anna's a little bit different. Simeon, it says, was righteous and devout. He had this revelation. He knew he was not going to die. He gets moved by the Holy Spirit. He goes to the temple, and there he sees Jesus, and we're going to come back to this scene. But Anna's a bit different. Anna was a prophetess recognized, known, named as a pro prophetess, a foretaste that the Spirit would pour out on all of God's people, men and women, young and old, slave and free, rich and poor, Jew and Gentile, like the Spirit would be poured out. And the Spirit has already been poured out on Anna, and she has already been declared a prophetess. And she is at the temple day and night, worshiping God, fasting and praying. If you don't know what else to do with your time, my friends, I invite you to be at church day and night, worshiping God, fasting and praying. I love this example. This woman who could have, she would have had every reason, just like Mary and Joseph kind of could have taken the easy road, the path of least resistance, just kind of phoned it in, you know, his parents, oh, Jesus, like, he's gonna, you know, Jesus is going to do what Jesus is going to do. But, 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 they're, they're, but they so faithfully live as parents. You know, I, th I think Anna, if there's anybody who could become embittered, it would have been her. At the beginning of her life, only seven years into this marriage, she becomes a widow and has now lived to the age of 84. But she devotes her life to the worship of God, to fasting and to praying. And so she is there. She is already positioned to receive the promise. So let's swing back around to that. Friends, we can position ourselves to receive the promise. Simeon was positioned for the promise as he was righteous, as he was devout, as he was open to the movement of the Spirit. When the Spirit moved on him, he went where he needed to be to see the Lord's salvation. Anna was just there day and night already. <laughs> she was already always there, worshiping, fasting, praying. When the Savior would appear, she was going to be ready, and she was there 
when Jesus came. And together, the both of them celebrate seeing the gift of salvation. My, my friends, I'm just going to call some things out to, again, my parents in the house here, because Christmas is certainly like a parenting kind of season as we think about our kids. If I had to do over again in this community, there's some people here that I would want to take my children in their arms and to lift them up and to pray over them on a regular basis. And as I look out on the crowd, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna point out Barbara and Jerry because I love them and Jerry's one of our deacons and Barbara is, and, and Rich, I don't know if Rich is here, they kind of this care ministry that we do. Um, if, if, I had, if my kids were still young enough and, and they could pick them up, I'm not asking you to do this, Jerry and Barbara, because my kids are, are big there right now. I, I would want people like them to take my kids in their arms and to pray over them every time I brought them into the house of the Lord to worship. And what we have here in this community is not just Barbara and Jerry and not just fam families with young children. We, we, we have this community of people that we can live in this rhythm. We can live in a way that reflects the beauty of what is unfolding here. I would encourage you to just invite over your children, over your family, these kind of prayers. These kind of prayers to just ask God's blessing and the filling of the Holy Spirit. And you know, as, we, as, as we'll wrap up here in a few minutes from the preaching, we'll go into the worship, maybe we can just do some of that. Maybe we can just pray together. Maybe we can just pray for one another. I'm certainly open to that. And as I already know, you guys are like serious about following Jesus. So we, we could just take one another in our arms and pray for one another. You see, Simeon and Anna were positioned for the promise. And my, my encouragement, what is already encouraging to me, I'd say this, is you are already positioning yourself for the promise. And so really, again, it just becomes an extension and encouragement. Keep doing this. Keep positioning yourself to receive and live into these promises. If you want to grow closer to God and see his salvation and have it become real and made known to you, position yourself in this worshiping community in a regular and a consistent way and give yourself fully to it. If you want to see your faith grow, position yourself in a group. Position yourself in a circle where people will know your name and pray for you weekly and daily, and that you will pray for them with a commitment daily to lift them up. If you want to see your faith grow, position yourself in opportunities to serve him. Serve somewhere in our church. Serve on one of our teams. Serve in worship. Serve in hospitality. Serve with the kids. Serve in one of our outreach ministries. If you want to see yourself live into the promise, position yourself to go and care for the homeless, to care for the needy, to care for the widows, to care for the orphans, to care for the kids at the school, uh, kids at the school across the street. Position yourself in these opportunities and you will see your faith grow. You will see righteousness and devotion blessed in the outworking of your faith on behalf of Jesus Christ. This principle applies, of course, to other things in your life. I mean, if in this coming new year, we just should say these kind of things. If you want to get healthy, you know, position yourself 
at the gym <laughs> a little bit more often. If you need some, lose some weight, position yourself less often in front of the refrigerator. On a deeper level, if you want your marriage to be strengthened, position yourself intentionally together in times of prayer. Read a book together, do devotions together. I find that it's very difficult to not go closer as a couple and closer in a relationship if you're not consistently praying with and for one another. If you want to grow in your relationship with your kids, position yourself at their games, at their events, at their bed each night to say a prayer, in the morning to send them off with a blessing. If you want to position yourself for advance, I mean, you, you know how this principle extends, of course, but maybe 2020 will be the year that you don't just position yourself with growth and blessing with God, but you can position yourself for some of God's blessings and richness and some of the horizontal, some of the other relationships that you want to see blessed and nourish and grow in this coming year. Now, I'm going to take just a minute to swing back around and then invite Chris and Alyssa to lead us in some time for worship. There's something that makes this, of course, uniquely Jesus and beyond us. And I always want to end, of course, on the Jesus note. Yes, this is applicable for us, and we can live into this so many ways, but let us remember that this is ever and always all about Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. There's an interesting moment then in this revelation that happens. Simeon takes him up into his arms and begins offering this prayer, this beautiful prayer, a light to the Gentiles, this glory for your people, Israel. And then he turns to Mary and to Joseph and gives them this special word that this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many. And indeed, in the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ, he would become this lightning rod. <laughs> he, he, he would position himself in such a way that his presence demanded a decision. Would you be for him or would you be against him? Would you be with him or would you oppose him? Would you embrace him or would you reject him? Would you see him as the way, the truth, and the life, or would you seek to find your own way and your own path to salvation or receive this gift that was given to you? And you know what, I have this, I, as a pastor, I have this wonderful opportunity. I was thinking about this. You know, I get to so often be there whenever a baby is born, and I've had that opportunity on numerous occasions because I have this thing about being a pastor. I, I kind of get to the hospital when the baby is born as soon as I can, even if before I can get there between other relatives in the family, and I get up there, and I'm like, I'm the pastor, and they always just let me in. I'm like, I could probably go into, like, ICU, and, like, like, I mean, like, it's funny, like, I just go in anywhere in hospitals. It's really an awesome power that I've loved for, for all these years, so I'm just like, I'm the pastor, and they're like, come right in, and, 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 and I'm always joking with the parents, and like, you're here, like, right now. I'm like, I want this baby to imprint on me, like, like, I, like they, they, they must love me as their pastor, and, and I must be a part of their life, so they love the church and they love the body of Christ and they want to live into and grow in this so I have this big imprinting thing with babies and I try and do that but here's what I've like never done but I could do <laughs> I've never turned to the mom and the dad and being been like and you know it's like your heart is going to be run through with a sword while you raise this child I've never gone there <laughs> I could because every parent knows every parent's heart has at some point been broken deeply. But oh, the brokenness 
that Joseph and Mary would endure, particularly Mary, who, the one that gave birth to Jesus Christ, would also be the one there at the foot of the cross when her baby Jesus breathed his last and gave up his life. And though she would have had the seeds of hope that somehow God was bringing about resurrection and life and salvation, the pain, the heartache, the confusion, her own chest being driven through with the sword, it must have felt like that to see Jesus take on those sins and to bear our death so that he could fulfill his mission to rise to new life and to accomplish salvation and to offer it us as a gift on her behalf, on all of our behalf. Never gone there with a parent. <laughs> Never would. But Simeon does, pointing to the very mission and the calling of Jesus. But friends, this is such a beautiful story for us to end our year and live into in this coming year. My friends, this is my encouragement. You who are waiting, we wait because we know the promise is being fulfilled. We watch to see where the Spirit is moving and leading and guiding us. And we position ourselves to receive the promise of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. And then we're going to continue in some worship. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this last Sunday of 2019. I thank you so much for this past year. And I just want to take a moment to give you thanks. And to give my people the opportunity to give thanks. In the stillness of this place. We've talked a lot about stillness the past three weeks here at Connections. In the stillness of this moment, before we get bombarded perhaps with many things on the horizon right now, we give thanks. We quietly give thanks for showing up in our lives in so many times, in so many ways this past year, answering so many prayers. When things seemed darkest, you broke forth in light. I can think of several examples, which I won't go into now, but I pray that you would be bringing to mind for people how you broke through and shone your light into their life at just the right time, at just the right way, when they needed you most, that you were there, Lord. And now we live in to the promise with great faith in 2020 that you will continue to show up to guide and direct and to reveal yourself to us, to shine the light on the path ahead of us, to direct our steps. Go forth and prepare the way so that we can live into this promised gift of salvation, that we might live righteous and devout lives, that we may be a people gathering ever and always worshiping you in fasting and prayer, filled with the power of your Holy Spirit, declaring, declaring, that on us a light has dawned and glory has been shown for all of your people. Lord, I do pray your blessing upon Connections Church and on everyone who calls Connections home, every man, every woman, every widow, every orphan, every child, everyone gathered here, that we will together be the body of Christ, your family, moving forward in mission, declaring the gift of your salvation. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing two songs here, friends. And again, because I know you are the serious crowd, 
if you want prayer, um, just take this as an opportunity to, to come and pray. I'll, I'll be standing over here. Um, we don't do this often, so it might be weird. It won't be weird for me. But if you want to, if you want to pray, just come over and pray. And I'm gonna, just going to call an audible here too for um, Barbara and Jerry. Would can I do that? Can I just call you guys out? Like, you can't go wrong on the twenty. On the, I'm telling you, the Sunday after Christmas, like you can't go wrong. Um, I'm just going to. I don't know why. Just been kind of, again, feeling led. Like, you want people. You want people like them praying for you. And they're not going to laugh at you if you ask for prayer. I mean, that's the last thing that they're ever going to do. I mean, or if you have another friend here, just ask for it. Just ask for it. Ask and you shall receive, my friends. Let's worship, all right, guys?